Cheers. Cheers. Hey fam. <laughs> Hello. We're here, we're back. Welcome to our very own pantry party again. I'm wearing a blanket. Yep. Um blanket? No, I'm okay. I'm quite warm already actually. <laughs> um I don't really know how to start this episode, but Brandon and I thought that we'd do a little like wind up of the season and tell you what's coming for the next season wind. because wind. <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> we do have wine. We've got a cheese board going. There was a photo. I've just put it up on our story now, so it'll be up months ago by the time you hear this. But mm. um, we're recording now because we've got some very exciting news on my end. Yes. And <laughs> also just not so much for me. Well, but... I mean, by the time this comes out, I'll already be like... Yeah. Okay, so, but, yeah, um, we just thought we'd do a little, a little debrief and a little reflection on our first season as a podcast, which I I think it's kind of insane that we've spent almost a year and a half on this, and only now we've reached the end of the season. Um, yeah, it's been like a really long but really rewarding process, 100%. and as as at time of recording, where. Um, uh, we've just put up episode three, so the first of Danny's two episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and so obviously, the more episodes we have up, the more exposure we get. And so we've not had too much feedback mm. yet, but the feedback that we've got is really, really appreciated. Mm. I think the biggest thing, and I was saying this before to Lies, is that everybody feels like they've just sort of caught up with us, yeah. which kind of was the whole thing. Like, that's the reason that we kind of started with this was that we just wanted a um a conversation for the best part and it's been really nice talking to people IRL mm. and them saying oh yeah I feel like I just saw you yesterday when they haven't seen me in four months um and that like one of my other friends was like oh I can't tell if I should put this podcast in the like self-care education strat like category or if it's just like a social catch-up category yeah. I was like oh both yeah, Obviously. and that was always our intent to kind of make it very easy to listen to, relatable, comfortable, um, because these are like some of the conversations that we're looking to go forward into are quite not hard to have, but things that a lot of people aren't talking about, mm. and that's a lot of the feedback that we've gotten that we're sort of starting conversations here, and so we really want to be able to make you, our listener, feel at home with us, and... Um, be able to act as like a resource and a mentor and someone that you can look to for advice and direction because like that's what we needed mm. and just like inspiration even if it's not just you know the practicalities of being a private practice dietitian or whatever it is it's always just having the idea that you don't have to be doing one thing with your nutrition career um and being willing to explore a little bit and play and have a bit of fun yeah, so today we thought we'd go back over the season and kind of do a bit of reflective practice, which we always <laughs> think is really important, 100%. Um, and just have a chat about some of the things that we've learned and some of the conversations that have come out of this season, um, and then we'll also give you a bit of a life update and intro into what will be our second season coming out early next year. Yes. So, how do we want to start this? We don't have a fi fast five to do. We do have one question to finish on. 
That'll be later. Yeah. Mm. Maybe we should start with, um, I know you just said that you want to do this later, but maybe we should start with life things. Yeah, let's like, do that. Set up the episode with what we're going to be doing, what yeah. we're going to be doing next year. Yeah, yeah. And we can, I guess, reflect a little bit on what we've learned, what we've learned, yeah. how we've applied it in our own lives. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if we said it in the, in our intro bit, but about your working full time. Mm, Do you sorry. want to tell people a little bit about how that happened and how, like, yeah, that has so then progressed? Yeah, so the end of June 2019 was a bit of a crazy, crazy end of a month. <laughs> um, a lot happened. Two really huge things were that, yeah, I got made full-time at work and I also moved out for the first time, which a lot of people have heard about, so I'm going to stop talking about that. Um, but being made full-time at work was purely luck so for those who don't know I was on a, a part-time contract at my current role um the research role and I was working once a week as a receptionist at the practice that Liza was at <laughs> in Melbourne um and I was also umpiring netball um and then out of the blue kind of um we was in a team meeting and we realised we had some extra budget for the research project and there wasn't really anyone working on my project full time at the location that I'm at. So they wanted, I guess they wanted someone to be able to touch base with every day. Mm. Um, and I'm really, really lucky that, yeah, they really wanted to spend that money. So I, that was, honestly, that's pretty much it. That was like the basics of it that I know of anyway. <laughs> um, and from that now, I... The thing with research, and I don't think many people know about this side of it, is that there's obviously lulls in it. So you can be doing heaps of stuff at once, and then sometimes you have to do an ethics application. You can't do anything to progress the project until the ethics application is approved. So at the moment, currently speaking, so what are we, the end, end Mid, of August? End of August? Yeah. Um, I'm currently just helping out in a bunch of different projects and getting my skills up, so I'm helping out on... An asthma readmission study, so calling heaps of different hospitals and parents and talking to them. I've also picked up some social media work for another project that's going to be running for five years. Um, I, have, I don't know if I'm going to be there for five years, but it's like <laughs> a long-term project. So sort of have you kind of need to put those digital native skills to use in terms of how you're going to use Twitter and websites and things, but also um, looking at how you're going to use Twitter now to be able to engage with people later. Um, in the project and just things like that I think I was just really lucky that all these pop opportunities kind of popped up at the same time um, and I have a really really good team around me I'm very very grateful for the people that I work with um, they're probably some of the only people I've oh that's a lie no not that I let me rephrase that. I feel like they're very encouraging of me progressing my career in the way that I want to mm -hmm. um, and being very supportive of that. And there's no pressure to stick around, which makes you want to stay more. I feel yeah. like when you have people who really get that you're learning and that you're at the start of your career and you want to be able to explore a little bit and maybe come back and they're supportive of that really makes a difference. I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah. And I feel like most employers are like that. Like no one's going to be like, you have to stay here forever because they want people in their workforce that are motivated to do that job. Mm. They don't want someone that like hates their job, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. I think it's really good that you've been able to like have this sort of roundabout way into finding what you 
want to do and what you want to explore and like yeah and it came from just I don't actually know if I've talked about how I applied for the job at all so basically the job came up um in my like little email subscription you know when you like sign up to those services <laughs> and then you get influxes of jobs um it popped up and I clicked on it it was just like a project officer role and it was using a quality improvement framework which I think I've mentioned and that's what we used at uni mm-hmm. and I applied for it and got the role based on on that um and again it's not where I thought I was going to go I just saw that I'd actually been trained in what they wanted Mm -hmm. I was like all I wanted with the job that when I came out of uni was to be able to use the degree that I'd spent (laughs) so much money on that was the one thing I wanted to do yeah um and so it's been nice I think I'm very lucky that I've been able to explore within my role though Mm -hmm. I haven't been locked into one thing um which I acknowledge is very rare and doesn't always happen but yeah I agree I think I'm in a very unique position with my role and Mm -hmm. how that's helped me figure out what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about my recent changes? Yes, and then I'm going to stop taking about... a conversation. Yeah. Yes. Um, so after we recorded our first episode, so that was about three weeks ago now, that we recorded that first one. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the day that that episode we recorded it, I'd actually just applied for a job um, and I found out, Two weeks after that, that I had gotten the job, and I mean, Wait it's for it. Wait for it's no secret it. now because I'll already be. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll already be like halfway <laughs> into it. But um, it's at the London Centre for Intuitive Eating, which is obviously in London. <laughs> um, so, it's in Melbourne. Yeah, it's called London. No, it's a remote <laughs> position. Um, so obviously, there's a big move associated with that, and I'm so grateful to the team there to Jess and Laura, if you're listening for taking that risk on me, because like it is a big Mm. decision to make, Mm -hmm. like hiring someone from overseas. Um, But I do want to talk a little bit about the, the practicality of that. And I think we can go more into that in our second season once I'm actually over there, Mm. but um, it's not been, I mean, it's, it's easy, but it's not like, it's a bit of a wormhole. Like you think you're going to have everything done and then things just keep popping out. Yeah. Well, it's more just that like, I'm in a very, very privileged position with um, my finances and the f- support that I have from my family and Laura's especially understanding with my situation in order to move over there. So basically, um, being in Australia, it's a Commonwealth country. Most people can get a youth mobility visa if you're under 30 or 31 mm-hmm. or something. Between 18, 18 and 30. Yeah. Um, so that gives you two years in the UK to work. Um, and a lot of people do use that visa when they go over, but because my grandmother was born in the UK, I can actually get an ancestry visa, which says I'm basically entitled to a little bit more than the youth mobility one. Um, and so just so that I was covered in case I didn't, like if I got to the end of that two year period, I'd have to leave the country to come back in on a new visa. But because I didn't want to risk that if I am in this role for five years, whatever. Um, I took out an ancestry visa, which was much more expensive, much more tedious to apply for, (laughs) um, for full transparency, basically because it's not a working sponsored visa. Usually the NHS surcharge, which for you Aussies is like the Medicare levy or the Medicare, like the part of your wages that goes towards health insurance, um, that because it's not assured that it's going to be paid out of your taxes, you have to pay for the surcharge up front. 
And so that was £400 per year for the full term of the visa. And because it's a five-year visa, mm. I had to pay £2,000 up front, which I didn't really think about. Um, and <laughs> so I kind of got to applying for this visa and I was like, oh, shit, well, I've got to fork out all this cash now, which very luckily I'm in the position where my parents were able to um, lend me some cash because they're going to buy my car off me. Um Logistics. So the, just the logistics yeah. of it. So like, I'm very grateful to my parents for being able to support me through that because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to go. Like if I was mm. completely independent of them, yeah, you I probably wouldn't have even been able to afford the youth mobility visa. Um, so alongside that, I then had to go through the registration for the HCPC, which is basically the equivalent of the UK's, again, Medicare registration in terms of provider numbers and saying yes you can legally practice as a dietitian yeah. over there yeah. um which i haven't actually completed at the time of this recording but I've, i'm pretty familiar with the process and again that's something that we can talk about down the track once i'm already mm. set up over there yeah um and i'm also very lucky that i've got family in the uk that i can stay with in the short term until i've got got myself sorted and can yeah. find somewhere else to live so i i know that it's a very yeah privileged position to be in but it was basically, I, even applying for this job, I was like, if I don't apply for it, I'll regret it because 100%. it's like the perfect fit for me. And I really hope that I can like fulfill that role because it's like, it's where I want my career to go. Yeah. So I feel very lucky to have even seen that the job was being advertised because I'm not, like I watch, so I the way that I found out about it was through Laura's Instagram um, for those who don't know, it's Laura Thomas. We'll link all her stuff down below. Yeah, she has a podcast. Your stuff <laughs> yeah. down below. Because um, <laughs> just if you're interested in that Hayes intuitive eating space, she is an absolute pioneer and yeah, doing some incredible so, work. Um, yeah. So yeah, basically this... The other thing that I think is really interesting is that the system over there is very differently set up to the Australian system, which we can talk about again <laughs> When you're Later, over there, living when I'm over there, the whatever. Thick of it. <laughs> um, but I basically saw that, like, the way that I found out about this job was that Laura had mentioned it in an Instagram story, which just seems completely ridiculous to me. Reflecting on that, like, <laughs> imagine, like, when, years ago, yeah, you wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I saw it, clicked onto the like ad for it, read through the description. I was like, if this was. Like, if I was to write down my career goals, that's the job description. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, well, I kind of have to apply for it. Um, and then, obviously, the consideration of whether I'd be able to get over there, it's tough, but it's doable. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm going to be um, working as a nutrition counsellor, so doing private practice and also a bit of work on their resources and stuff for professionals and everything as well. So... Again, something we'll talk about a lot more in the next season, I'm sure, because I'm not actually over there yet. Yes. But, yeah. Do you think your current role will help you over there? So, for um, those who need a refresher, what do you currently do? And so, do you think it'll feed into that? Um, I think if I was only doing my current admin role, no, it wouldn't adequately prepare myself. And if I'd only done my dietetics degree, no, it wouldn't adequately prepare me. Because I'm very motivated to learn about health at every size and intuitive eating, mm. most of the benefit has come from that area of my interest. So the, the things that I'm interested in, the learning that I've done in that area, um, one of the main benefits of this role for me is that it is a supportive work environment where 
I'm surrounded by people who are also working in that area and mm. I guess having access to the like the professional development and just like the mentoring and the support in that area that in my current role I don't have at all mm. um, and that's because it's not a dietetics role so my current role as a I've been working in reception and admin at the physio I think yes it has prepared me in that it's kept my um, patient contact up to date like I'm still able to like have conversations with people and keep those interpersonal skills up to date mm. um, it's also helped me in terms of my time management balancing that with my other work that I've been doing on social media on my blog and with glow um, I think having being so heavily involved and not involved but engaged in a lot of what's been going on on social media and the learning around this topic that's probably the main thing that has prepared me for this but yeah I mean there's always translatable skills like I you know in my current role I write a lot of letters and I it's a lot of like organizational stuff that I think is going to be beneficial wherever I go yeah um but yeah I think I've kind of grown out of that role a bit yeah which is and I think six months or so I think that and not an offensive way to anyone, but I think I've noticed that in terms of you, you're wanting more, and I think you and I are very similar in that I do want to consistently be learning. Mm-hmm. I don't. If I ever find myself not learning in a role, I think it's time to move. Um, yeah. Because... And also, like, it's not that I wasn't learning; it's that I was having to do all of my learning on top of it. Like all yes, of my learning sorry. was external yeah. to my role, so it wasn't yeah. actually putting me on the path that I needed to be on. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and like I'm really grateful to the time that I've spent there and the flexibility that I've, that I've had with that role and the yeah. opportunities that it's opened up because as I've, I think I mentioned like I'd been pra- pra- doing a bit of private practice through them as well. So I did get a bit of clinical experience there and I guess just a lot of like kept up my skills in terms of some of the like, I don't know, like reading scientific literature and yeah. like that kind of writing blogs and that sort of space. But which I think is so important because it's something that I've had a conversation with people at work about recently is that science communication is so horrible. Mm. <laughs> like, it's so horribly done. And I think, especially at the centre that you're going into, that's almost a key fundamental from a total outsider perspective of what's really helped them along. Mm-hmm. Because they've made intuitive eating and anything nutrition-related really simple. And, yes, I know, like, all their posts have really, like, detailed information on store like on studies and stuff but at the same time that information from the studies is translated really simply yeah and i know in your head often people think that's really easy to do but it isn't it's, it's so hard really to express and to word it in a way studies. that it's like understandable to the lay person without yeah like too much because health health information is overwhelming as it is let alone having to translate new scientific evidence or as in the lcie's case is translating evidence that's already there and always disproving it in a way and showing why it isn't yeah. what it is. Yeah, looking at things from a different angle and I think yeah. that's what like really I guess interests me is that it is a completely it's like the exact area that I want to be working in so mm. yeah, I'm super excited to be over there, um, to be living in another country. Yes. Um, I know because like if a lot of people we know listen to this mm. and will ask me and most people have already talked about it but no Harrison and the cats aren't coming <laughs> Harrison's doing um he's 
just signed a full-time contract at his work and he's got a little bit more uni and study and stuff to do so he's gonna hang out here for the time being um but because we've been together since we were in year 12 which has just gone six years um uh, congrats yeah <laughs> it's a long time to be together and like we've basically grown come into adulthood together so we're pretty happy to kind of spend some time growing separately um independently and then can come back together mm. once we're in a place where we can so um yeah i don't really feel like i need to add any more on that because no, it doesn't really matter sure but just so that everyone knows <laughs> um and yeah so i'll be heading off them? yeah i'll already be over there by the time this comes out and we are going to be we can talk about this in a sec but doing a little bit of a different structure for season two so i think it would be good to do at least one episode on the moving process and mm. relocating and being an adult and starting a new job that kind of thing um so i might some way have a space for people to send us questions mm. about that process um maybe email them to us or i'll put something up on our facebook and instagram about where you can submit questions about that stuff so mm. yeah um We'll talk a bit, a lot more about it once I'm actually over there because I'm still in the process of doing all of this stuff. Yeah, but get a bit of clarity around it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Develop a flowchart. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated on how that's going. Yeah. Do you want to reflect on this season first, or should we talk about what's? Up I was next? just thinking that might be a natural process to talk about what's up next. What's up next? What well, what we think is going to happen? Yeah. And then we'll drag you back through this season again. Yeah, I reckon. Sounds good. So, yes, obviously we'll be in different countries, which mm -hmm. makes it hard to record. And as much as I'd love to get some frequent flyer points and fly over every week. <laughs> um, it is a long flight. And it's expensive. It's very expensive. <laughs> and um, you probably don't have that much leave. Yeah, correct. Absolutely correct. <laughs> so, as you can tell, it's a very unattainable dream. But we think we're going to keep doing Skype recordings. Yeah. Um, or some sort of online audio recording because, yes, it'd be nice to be next to each other and talking, but, I mean, we're pretty It's not it. essential. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. a lot of people have said that they're very excited for season two already. And it's not that the pressure's there, but I am keen to keep the momentum going. Yeah, especially well. because when we had all of the conversations with our guests, that was before we'd recorded anything. Mm. So getting the feedback in coming through weekly now we're kind of like oh we've got all these ideas that we want to talk about but we can't mm. do it because we've already recorded the whole of season one so to combat that or to grow and learn from that what we're going to do is still have a weekly podcast where after this episode comes out we're going to have a bit of a uh, break over the australian summer um and we'll probably be coming back in estimated around february but we'll obviously keep you updated mm. on our social media um, but what we're going to do is instead of having an episode focused around a guest, we're going to have each episode focused on a topic. Mm. So for example, if we were talking about moving overseas, we, the majority of it would be us talking about our experience with that, discussing these things. And then we also might have a couple of little snippets from other people or a longer interview as part of the episode with someone who also has that experience. Yeah. Um, that will then allow us to explore more detailed topics, such as we've had a lot of feedback on people asking for more on cultural competency. Mm -hmm. And we'd really like to talk about job applications and more about health at every size and intuitive eating and mentoring, professional development, all of that fun stuff. 
Um, so again, would be great to hear suggestions around what you guys want to hear because we are here to support you. So mm, exactly, yeah. So that's where we'll be at. Hopefully, we will do. Yeah, I think the idea is that one of us will record a snippet with a guest weekly if it's applicable to the episode, um, and we will upload that. So hopefully, we'll have a mixture of Australian and UK guests. Yeah. Um, as well as talking to each other. And I think the other thing that we want to do is because that whole catching up vibe was something that's been commented on quite a lot in the last month. Um, we just want to have a little debrief at the start of the episode about what's happened that week. I think living in a different country is such a different cultural experience, so I'd love to hear about the UK. Yeah. I'm sure you want to know what's happening here. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that'll keep you guys in the loop as well while we're catching up. Yeah, and just because, like, obviously when we're seeing each other weekly to do these bits and all of the interviews with the guests, we get to see each other a lot. And a lot of the, like, useful conversation that we have... have <laughs> the useful conversations that we have happen off mic. Mm. So quite often we'll be, like, talking about something and be like, oh, we should have recorded that. <laughs> so um, more often than we will finish. try and, I guess, keep things updated. I am a little bit worried that it will become very self-centred, but I hope that we can build a little bit more of a community in the space between where we're at in the current release schedule and now at the end mm. of the season um, so that we can have a little bit more audience involvement. It would be really good if we can like answer some questions that people have on certain topics and yeah. like, discuss our experiences and I guess just make a little bit more of a an interactive sort of thing. Um, yeah, because at the moment it feels a bit, a bit us giving to you not so much a collaborative process, well, which is the way that this season was yeah. set up anyway. And like... We don't want it to just be our experience, us talking about ourselves, because, like, that's exactly. pretty boring. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, you, like, if you're already on our Patreon, we might have people by then, but we've only just set it up, so we've not really um, given it much of a push, but we would really love to make that a bit of a space where we can collaborate and learn from each other and the community. So, um, yeah, that'll give us a lot of a lot of more to work with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the plan for season two. Mm -hmm. We'll probably be back, yeah, I guess probably February, March yeah. next year. Um, we'll probably still be active on, well, I'll definitely be active on our personal Instagrams. I think mm -hmm. we will try share things on the the pod Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, you can always DM us and yeah. we're yeah. not absolute, you know, social media haters. <laughs> yeah. I we'll think answer. as well, like, a big like motivator for us to do um more conversational more us less less of the guest mm. is so that it can act as a little bit of a peer mentoring session because i think that's something that i personally really value in my friendships and relationships that i have with people in this area and we always learn so much from each other just mm. from catching up and so i think if we're going into it a little bit less with the target of let's find out about this person's career and more about let's talk about this topic, mm. we can kind of be a little bit more productive as well. I think it'd be fun if, like, this has just come to me. <laughs> had an enlightening moment. But if someone maybe sends in, like, a, not necessarily a case study, but... Or just, not, like, a question. Like, but, yeah. like, yeah, what your situation, situation is and what, like, I guess what you'd find useful and what sort of advice yeah. you'd want. I think that'd be good. Um, I'm just thinking along the lines of she's on the money and like their little, a little money like diary help section, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. And obviously because we have 
had the experience of talking to all of our guests and we've got quite a good network happening mm. now in terms of people who we look up to that yeah. we're now in contact with we can always if we've got questions from people reach out to them and see what's going on exactly. and hopefully give some guidance around that so um we will obviously i mean you'll find out when the next season comes out yeah. what's going on but we'll keep you updated on instagram and everything of how that's going and don't hesitate to email us either um I don't know about you, but I regularly check the emails. Yeah. So yeah, feel free to email if you have any questions or want to be pointed in a certain direction. Yeah, if we can help, we can help. Yeah, um, there are also plans for some merch that we will be developing oh over that period. So yes. I think we're probably just logistics wise, we'll probably have to leave it until season two to come out. Yeah, but yeah, would love to hear people's suggestions and ideas for that. Um, we were thinking, well, I'd say. I reckon let's say. Let's yeah. keep people excited for season two. Or thinking tea towels. Yep. With our faces on them. Well, the little Not like blown up. <laughs> not a, not like a, a photo. Just a tea with my face on it. Um, no, it's a... We're thinking maybe like a little gingham border with like... Well, I was thinking a little yeah. gingham border no, I think we've got with a like pretty... a tiny little caricature in the corner. And all the... of the like little things from Instagram that we've done, all the little like ingredients yeah. and stuff. So... Um, yeah, we've got a lot of ideas because we really want to make something productive out of this. Exactly. And I think, like, yeah, it's always nice to have things like that. So, yeah, we'd love to hear um, some feedback, comments, questions for next season, um, just so that we can kind of start to incorporate them now as we're working through this development phase. Yes, exactly. The other things were stickers and possibly keep cups. Keep cups, yeah. Really keen to do some keep cups, but we'll figure it out. We'll we'll keep you posted. Um, all right. Should we have a a reflect a, re- a singular reflect. <laughs> one reflect? I'm gonna have some cheese first because that cheese um, looks really good. It's like I'm melty. Gonna the light on yeah, it's good gonna plan. Dark. I'm gonna have to go around this. Are you right I'm okay. If you're cold, you can. Yeah, I'm good in my blanket. I've almost finished my glass of wine though. Mm-hmm. How much I needed it this week. Yeah. Hello. Uh-oh. Stressful. Um, yeah. Also, <coughs> um, if Liza Barber is listening, we have your pickles on our cheese board. And I just ate two. And they're amazing. They're so good. So for those who remember Liza, she owns the business Delicious with her partner. Um, go get some. They're probably, like, international by now. Yeah, probably. They're, like <laughs> they're growing, they're growing real yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was crazy to hear about. Um, cool. Let's talk about season one. Mm. What was your favourite episode? Oh, I, I had so one. many favourites. So, see, episodes two to ten, two to eleven. Yeah, all of the above. Um, I like. I think as we were recording them, we learned a lot in terms of like mm. even just the logistics around recording and what worked and what didn't for us yeah um and the general gist of it was every episode we recorded we were like that was so good <laughs> like we really enjoyed the conversation yeah. like we came out of it feeling really good about it and yeah. like that just compounded as yeah. we went agreed um me personally like my personal interests my favorites were definitely the one with ash so mm. body image therapist where we talked a lot about I guess just about our industry and about the climate at current, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Um, and that's definitely something that I want to get a lot more into in season two. Yeah. 
Um, and you'll be in a space to do that as well, like yeah. job-wise. Yeah. Very cool. Also loved... Roxas will always stand out to me as one where we kind of really captured what we were trying to do with this podcast in that we, we've come here to talk about how to find what you want to do and how to do it, basically. Mm. And I think Rox has got a really good sort of level understanding of the industry and of her space in it and yeah I guess just how to like find that spark and how to make it work yeah um yeah I think they stood out to me the most but like listening back to them weekly it's just been so much fun like yeah. it's been really Weird. nice it's just been very fun <laughs> yeah my favorite thing that we've done is get used to listening to our own voices now yes. that it's not so awkward anymore I um Someone was asking me this the other day, and I was like, I think I don't like my laugh, but I also can't do anything about it, so yeah. I'm just going just gonna to deal with that now. Mm. Moving on, getting over it. It's a good exercise in self-acceptance. Oh, 100%. And, like, it's really funny because I've been, as I've been listening through, I cannot remember what I said next. Like, I no. can't, and listening back to what I was, where I was in the conversation, I'm like, that's really smart of me to have said that. Or, you know, like, I responded to that really interestingly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that just goes to show how much you learn over the course of your development, how to, like... Yeah, I, I, it's just interesting, the yeah. situational sort like, of... Like, yeah, you just end up with skills that you didn't know you had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, what has been my favourite episode? I still think that Tessa's... Twice this week. That's a really long phone number. Yeah, it's definitely a telemarketer. Um, <laughs> take two. I think Tessa's is probably one of my favourites, just because it was the first one we recorded. Mm. Um, and I think we all felt a little bit nervous, and it was just really nice hearing it back once it was all clean, and we're like, oh my god, this sounds really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I think... I learned a lot about Tess in that episode, and I've known Tess since 2015, so it was kind of refreshing to hear a bit more about her and her life and sort of the things that she's had to do to make this happen. Mm. Um, and also, this is going to sound real deep and meaningful and political, but so in, in terms of how her career's pan, pla, panned out, sorry, and alongside her husband's, it's almost like in the best possible way, it's had to be suited to Alex's career, which is totally understandable. And I really like that Tess has just owned that. I think in this current political climate with feminism and the rest of it, you can be shot down so easily for doing something like that. And I really, really admire Tess just being like, you know what, that's the way it's got to be. Mm. My career's got to come second for now, and that's totally fine. And she wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Um... So, yes, big love to Tess for that one. <laughs> um, who else have I loved? I've loved all of them. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, Roxas is one that stands out to me for the same reasons, mm. I think. And I think the other one is Claire. Claire yeah. Palermo. Um, I know that's not going to be the most interesting one for everyone, but I think for me I learned so much about... The, the poli politics of the industry. Yeah, and like, yeah. and the depth of, like... I really like that Claire's found a way to improve the next generation of dietitians. That's not what she wanted to do when she finished uni, but somehow she's managed to find a way in and get people to be exposed to public health before they mm. graduate, which is something she didn't have. And I think that's a really, really good bigger picture 
like bigger picture thing. <laughs> so yeah, I don't just know like what the a word. concept to have. Yeah, because like yeah, she has had a really big impact on so many people's careers, and like I'm not even sure that Claire would be aware of mm. the the depth of that impact because I like I recently came across like a um through Nadia Craddock one, one of those mm. like meme pages that's like student grad school memes <laughs> and it's a lot of um teachers and lecturers making memes about things Lovely. and one of the things that I read the other day was that like if you appreciate a teacher tell them because they don't know yeah and I think in this industry where where it is so small and the things that your students say really can have an impact because yeah. then like I've experienced that firsthand yeah. that something that happened in my course then impacted something that happened in the, the yeah. next year. Like they really do want to take that feedback on board. So yeah, for anyone who's still a student, if you like something, say say it. Yeah. And if you don't, speak up about it because we. I think. Uh, well. Monash is so we work into Monash for those who don't know, but I think in particular our department I can't speak for everyone, but for our department they were very invested in making sure that they married what the students expected and what is needed to be able to be a university course. And there's some things that you can't get rid of and I totally get that. But the amount that the course changed between from when I started to when I finished, which was four and a half years, and just talking to the year levels below me and seeing those things change so rapidly was really, really comforting and knowing that uh, uh, the importance of knowing that your lecturers actually care, yeah. <laughs> which sounds really lovey-dovey and dramatic, but they do. And they want to shape you to be, for us anyway, to be the best professional that you can be, mm. um, which makes you want to work in that profession even more. And I think, yeah, I agree. You need to tell them that, you need to tell them that because they probably don't get appreciated very often. <laughs> no, and I think like on the other end of things where perhaps some things that are being taught aren't necessarily in line with what you need or what you what the industry needs and you're aware of that, that's mm. also really important to speak up about because like the people that are teaching these things aren't directly involved in the industry. They're not the ones doing the jobs that they're preparing you for. Mm. Obviously, a lot of them do have vast experience in that area and... A lot of them are still involved, but they're not Mm -hmm. the ones that are having to go out and get a new job, a new grad job. So if you feel that something could better prepare you, it's really, really important as a student, especially as a new grad who's just finished, to feed that back to your uni. They're usually more than willing to hear it and will Mm -hmm. try and incorporate that. So yeah, I think that's a really important thing that came out of Claire's and also out of Liza's because she has a really good idea around that sort of thing as well. I remember, I think I was saying this to you as soon as we finished Liza's, another thing that I really loved about that episode in particular, which still jumps out to me, is that <laughs> a week later, um, <laughs> is that she talked so openly about her her choice to go back to work so early. Um, and it, again, it falls under that feminism kind of branch and body autonomy in a way, in that she made it work for her because she knew it was best for her mental health. And... Um, that there can be judgment around that, but you need to do what's best for you, even if there is judgment. I think that's a very important lesson to learn. Yeah. Um, what other reflections can we talk about from the season? I might just talk about Mel's episode as well. Yeah. So, yes, Claire's was very good. Um, it's not a very good description, but it was very good. I think it was good in that it was like a nice learning process for us and for potential 
other graduates. Agreed. And then I think the other one that jumps to mind is Melanie Lionellos. Is that even her last name? I feel like I don't know. Sorry, Mel, if we butchered that. From My Little Kitchen. Um, it was just, a, I feel like that was one of our best free-flowing conversations. Yeah, um, but we got a lot out of it, like a yeah. lot more than we intended to, yeah. I think, which is really nice. And it was also the whole experience, like, Mel and Isaac were just so lovely when we came to their they house. So they were so gorgeous. sweet. And, like, their cats, and, like, oh, just their house cats. is so nice, and it so, felt so comforting and, like, yeah. homely. And, like, we really put people out coming to their houses to record, like, yeah. You know, like, I don't want to make out like this is, like, some perfect little planned thing. We go and we sit, you know, like, it's a big commitment for the yeah. guests to come on, which is one of the reasons that we're cutting back a little bit on that next season. But, yeah. like, we're so grateful for everyone who's had us over, especially because a lot of people have kids. And, yeah, exactly. like, have had to... About that. Yeah. But, so. yeah, Mel's conversation was just really... I think because she's sort of that new age, kind of a couple of years... Not a couple, but a little, like, you know, fairly... A little bit ahead of us. Yeah, it's just really nice kind of seeing how organically she's grown her mm. career and the choices that she's had to make and also being just really common sensey about it. And I think the biggest thing that came out of that for me was follow what you're passionate about because that's what's going to get your job and that's what is attractive to people who want to employ you or consult with you is knowing that you don't just bullshit your way into something is that you're actually passionate about that and that translates. Yep. Um, and which, using your degree creatively as well. Yeah, exactly. Cause that's exactly what she's done. She's combined creative passion with logic and the way that she sold the degree as well is very different to how I think many other people would. I think like for me, for example, I would not think about my nutrition science degree in the way that she did, the way that she talked about like flavors and chemistry and, combinations when it comes to food that sort of stuff is something that i which is probably bad on my behalf it's not something that i really think about and think but, about selling myself on yeah but Whereas, at the same time like i don't think that's really something that the degree really teaches because that's kind of like a mm, we have like a little bit of it a so. little bit but that's more of an intuitive skill and i think more mm. from her background like it's an it really it's a really nice marriage of her cultural background her upbringing mm. and her education that kind of brought it all into this nice little package that she was then able to make productive yeah i think it's awesome that she sort of sold it that way and has been able to carve out a pretty a career that really well suits her yeah i think um so big up to mel for for letting us in her home and play with her cats when they let us play with them yeah (laughs) (laughs) big up to all of our guests like honestly we're so grateful that everyone was so willing to be not only so welcoming, but really open and honest about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, like, there's a certain safety in us not being very well known in that we're not doing anything super high risk here, but we really are here to start conversations that haven't yeah. been had before, and that's, like, one of the biggest pieces of feedback we've had, even when we were, like, in the planning phase and we're like, oh, we're thinking about making a podcast about mm-hmm. this. It's not really, like, yes, there are people talking about changing the nutrition game like for example like laura's podcast don't stop my game they're talking to game changers in nutrition and like while that's very focused on the actual nitty-gritty nutrition side Mm. we're looking about the step before that in what it takes to actually get there yeah so yeah we're super grateful for everyone to have been really open and honest with us and be so vulnerable because like we've talked about some pretty big topics yeah Um, and things that 
um, I don't know, it may not, obviously, like you say, we're not as high risk, but it, talking about things that could potentially bite them in the butt a little bit later on, which hopefully it won't, um, but in terms of that, yeah, vulnerability and openness about things they might not always get to talk about, and talking about, I think, being able to analyse things to both the positives and negatives, I think it's very easy <coughs> to remember your building up of your career is only the good things. Um, but being able to talk about the hardships that you find along the way as well. Yeah, because that's what we're here for. Like, we want to learn about the things that people have had to overcome and how they did that so that we can better do that ourselves. Exactly. So, yeah, thank you to all of our beautiful guests. <laughs> we are so, so grateful for them to have helped us get here. Yeah, um, and I think uh, we mentioned it in the intro to Danny's, Danny's first episode, but we haven't actually talked about the nuts and bolts of how we have created this podcast from conception to, to birth. This is <laughs> not a good analogy. Are we, are we far enough into it that yeah, it's, like, it's teenagehood a, maybe? We're yeah, a we're, 12, we're 12 in, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so um, maybe we will talk about that in a bit. I think, let me rephrase that. We're going to talk about that in a bit more detail. Yeah. Now. Yeah, so basically, as we've said endlessly, this podcast came from us Basically just wanting to record what we were saying. Mm. We're both huge podcast people. We love we love a good podcast. We both drive pod. a lot. We both, you know, we commute, commute. to work and stuff. Yeah. So I think that's something that we really had in common. And the, the same with, like, the YouTube culture and Instagram yeah. and social media. Like, the way that we'd kind of connected. connected. It was, was very much through that. And so we, I think we were at that place in Miss Ruby in... Which Bentley. I was at this morning, actually. Oh, how cute. So cool. Yeah, wow. Okay, yeah. So we were out for brunch one day and we were like, we'd been discussing it for a while yeah. and thinking, oh, it'd be really cool if we could do this. But we were like, no, let's actually commit to this and yeah. do this podcast because... I actually have... A, I was on my... Look, it's so weird. I was looking through my photos Same. My this morning and was I like actually saw that photo and I saw like, the pancakes that we yeah. got. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The world wow. works in... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we basically were like, yep, let's do it. Let's make this a thing. So from then on, we were basically catching up probably once a week since then. Basically, yeah. To try yeah. and figure out how to do it and what it would entail. We knew from the beginning that we wanted to interview guests about their experience and that we would want to do it in person, mm. um, which was hugely influenced by um, Lily Pebbles and Anna Newton's At Home With. <laughs> For those who haven't listened to that, firstly, they're not recording it anymore. Um, secondly, it's very cute because they sort of get, I really like the concept of it, that it was like, they went to people's houses to like look at the house, but then like talk about a room and talk about certain objects in the room and what kind of memories are associated with that. And often there were real like game changers in the community that they're in. So it was like, I don't know. Beauty and, yeah, creators yeah. of beauty brands or like influencers or like, yeah, it was just very... Sorry, content creators. We don't say influencers. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yes, I think we really wanted that because it shows a bit more of a human side. And to be fair, we were actually, like the whole pantry party idea was we were going to talk to them more about life in general, which I think we have, but I feel like we've got more of a career spin on Yeah, it. as it's grown, it's become much more targeted. I, I guess because, like, I mean, That's when this first <laughs> was first conceived like you were just graduating yeah like you yeah, know yeah. You, well, you've been on this journey and I've like 
six months ahead of you been on mm. the same thing where as it's grown and as we've been thinking more and working more on a, like on this podcast it's become pretty apparent that we need to do something in this industry to yeah. help support new grads who especially the people that are looking to do something different because mm. like we both knew that we wanted to do something different we just didn't know how to get there yeah so yeah it's definitely come from a place of wanting to I guess put ourselves out there and have that conversation but we didn't really at its conception know what that was yeah um so it's yeah I think it's very nicely led us down the path that it has and I think it's given us much more of a purpose with it than we initially started out with yeah agreed um so yeah we were catching up once a week for the most of it and we sort of started looking into the logistics of actually recording the podcast so we use a zoom microphone um because we decided that we wanted to go to people's houses we needed something that was portable we couldn't have like a studio sort of space set up somewhere mm. we could where we where we could record um and yeah so very luckily we had ross sort of directing us on where to, to go do. with that yeah um so yeah we use one microphone which is why some of the like just listening back to danny's that came out last week the sound's not that great but like yeah for the most part we've tried our best um and it's it obviously just been specific requirements like a carpeted room ideally closed or like furnished um danny's just because of the climate in Cairns and the way the houses are built everything was going to be echoey anyway which is why yeah the sound quality is not as great yeah. but still it's still know, listenable yeah yeah um, we then also had to look into how we were going to edit it, and very luckily, again, Ross did that for us. So, yeah, check out his stuff if you... Yes, big thanks. We'll link, we've always linked everything down below. Yeah, yeah, um, it's always linked there, but we definitely couldn't have done it without him, because we have no <laughs> idea what we're doing. Not a clue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of the actual logistics of creating the episodes, basically what we did was reached out to our guests well well in advance yeah. we um most people we touched base with them probably six months before we were planning on recording and just asked them if they would be willing to be on it mm. um we were very lucky only had one person drop out yeah which and we had a couple of other people that we were thinking of asking but we didn't up. end up really fitting into the series as it like grew. as it grew yeah um and that's yeah just something that's always going to happen with that kind of thing but we basically reached out to everyone and then created our season around the people that we wanted to have on it mm -hmm. um that then led to specific topics that we wanted to discuss with each person and from their specific questions that we briefed them on before we spoke to them yeah so that was like the episode content in terms of creative stuff like the visual elements and instagram and things i'm gonna put a disclaimer out there and say i do very little of it eliza's the <laughs> one that does most of it um, I tend to be more of the scheduling audio admin -y person. Is that We've, the word? We found a good balance between it yeah, though. Like I feel like agreed. we're both working equally on it. Yeah. But in the beginning it was kind of hard to find that mm. cohesiveness just because like it was something that neither of us had done before. Exactly. It took a little technique. It to took a while for us to get mm. be like, okay, here's what like even when we were delegating tasks, it was really yeah. hard for us to find a balance yeah. and like actually work productively because I feel yeah. like a lot of the work that we were doing was kind of independent and we're coming back together and being like yeah. oh wait like exactly um but yeah so we talked we reached out to a friend someone that I went to high school with who ended up working with Eliza in in all the gin joints in the world at, at a cafe throughout uni together which is very 
serendipitous, I guess is the word. Um, and her name is Caitlin. I don't know why I'm not revealing yeah. her name. Her <laughs> stuff is always linked in the show notes as well and tagged on Instagram as well. She did basically just the basics of the collateral for us. When I say the basics, she was She incredible. did so much work. She did, she did so our much. logo. She did the little picture of the two of us, um, which the I then... Schemes. Yeah, the colour palette, the fonts, all of that kind of stuff for the branding kit, mm. um, which I then used to create what we've got now in terms of the Instagram spread and the website and all of that. So Katie was like so so professional about all of it and she really helped us I guess because when we first reached out to her it was quite a while ago now and we didn't really have a very clear directive no like we sort of had I think we had funnily enough don't stop don't stop my games old graphics is kind of a bit of a base point and the Instagram setup sort of is a base point well just the way that we with she's all fat yeah hybrid yeah so just the way that we wanted to present it and the I guess vibe that we wanted to give off um Katie was really good in kind of bringing together both Bran and my personal style and Mm. like putting it into something that actually was kind of cohesive because like we are quite different in terms of the way that we if yeah if you look at our two blogs like one of ours (laughs) is definitely more creative than the other mine is very black and white minimal boring and that's not boring it's very like it's streamlined whereas I feel like I try and put more you're just colourful and yeah. more full of life. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I don't know. I think Katie did a really good job of us being very vague about we want it to be kind of retro, but like you're at a party and kind of cool, but like not too cool. <laughs> so like she did a really good job of that and I guess brought that, the playfulness into it that we were kind of lacking. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, super grateful to her for that. And we kind of went back and forth over a few different designs for a while eventually came out with our logo and graphics kit and Um, she was so good at like you say just that professionalism side of like this is gonna sound really weird but when you go to school with someone you obviously see them the way that you went to school with them and so when she was like super professional about everything and like went into almost work mode it was kind of shocking but also very very awesome it was really comforting that she was taking it so seriously yeah and like I mean, obviously, this is an independent production and we don't really have the resources to be, like, hiring people. Yeah. But, um, yeah, giving something back to Katie and Russ is definitely on the cards because we, we really do want to, like, be able to say thank you. And obviously... Well, it's basically the four of us as a team have kind of yeah. individually done everything and put it all together and we're aware of how much of a workload that is for everyone. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so another way that you, as the consumer, can support them is obviously by looking at their work, engaging in their mm. stuff, and if you're interested in, especially Katie's stuff with the graphics, you can reach out to her, and I'm sure she'd be happy to help. Yeah, she's actually working at a firm, a pretty, oh, firm yeah. some sort of business, so I'm pretty sure you could probably reach out to her there, and Ross does things independently as well at a pretty reasonable rate, so 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, would them. recommend. Um, Five stars on Yelp. Yeah, so basically... Yeah, once we'd got all the kit ready, all of the guests on board, we then just got to recording. So we started recording in March. It's now end of August. So it's been a good sort of six-month six months, period. Yeah. Well, probably not quite six, but pretty much. Yeah. Of us. Oh, we, we probably... More like five months. We, it sort of went in April, most of the bulk, was it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we started recording then, and it was a very steep learning curve for us learning how to interview because... That's not something we're taught. And no, like it's and not it's like... not... I think a podcast adds that extra element that you want it to be a conversation and not an interview. And I think 
it's very interesting managing the dynamic with the guest especially because, with the two of us as well yeah. because like usually like a lot of podcasts are just like one person having a conversation mm. with another person but because we always wanted it to be more about like a casual I guess yeah cat. casual collaborative sort mm. of approach we yeah we recorded everything together um, which I think was really good for both of us because it, it led to more depth in discussion as well agreed and because I think we think we think similarly but also very differently at times yeah. and I think that at, like just enhance the richness of the conversation a bit more yeah I hope so yeah <laughs> we say <laughs> hope you've enjoyed this yeah um so yeah that I yeah I agree with that interviewing aspect was that like I don't know it's a weird like I feel like I didn't think about it too much and it sort of came but it definitely felt uncomfortable at the start in terms of I think the biggest thing for me wasn't actually interviewing the guests, but trying to figure out how to incorporate the microphone into it and remembering the microphone is essentially a person, which sounds very strange, but trying to include them in the conversation. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we went about that. We hope we did well. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a big kind of thing that jumps out to my mind when I think about the recording stuff. Yeah, and also because like the majority of our guests have never been on a podcast before, it's quite mm. a like a daunting thing for a lot of people to be speaking so publicly. Um, so yeah, that was definitely something that we kind of had to overcome, and then just make sure that the guests were comfortable the whole time. Um, most of the time when we were recording, we went to the guests' homes. Um, apart from a couple, Claire, Claire and Ashley, we recorded at their place yeah. of place work. Yeah. Um, and that was just like logistically, it'd just be easier because, you know, things happen, people are like, we, with our scheduling, it was quite difficult to find time with yeah. certain people. So, I yeah, that was the ashes. I was like, it felt like 10 o'clock at night by the time we left. It wasn't. It was just, it was pretty late winter, though. But it was late, yeah. But yeah, crazy. so that was nice. Um, nice to be in a place that the person was comfortable mm. and like quite friendly. Yeah. Um, yep, so most of the time when we went to people's houses, we were basically there all day. Like, yeah. Or probably not, like, I wouldn't say whole day, day, but like we yeah. would take a whole day out to record. Mm. We'd usually catch up before and have a chat about what we were talking about and who was saying what. Um, and then, yeah, recorded it. Most of the recordings took probably twice as long as what you're ending up hearing. Yeah. We haven't cut much of the conversations out, but just logistically, like setting up and yeah. all of that stuff takes a while agreed um and then yeah so the next step was to timestamp which um we'd meet up again the week later usually yeah and listen to all the raw audio so danny's was almost three and a half hours of raw audio i think yep and we listen to all of that and we timestamp it so that just means that we get the sections that we want to keep to keep and make a little list and we do that for every single episode. Yeah, usually it tended to be the week after we'd recorded, so we had a little bit of space between it. Yeah. Um, which is kind of unintentional, but I'm glad we did it because it's because it allows us to close. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say if it was too close to the conversation, sometimes it could be just feel a bit rushed. And then we just have that we send that to Ross and he puts all the bits together essentially mm -hmm. and compresses and make sure we don't sound really crap. <laughs> yeah. Really That's the one it. thing that we, I think, really need to learn going forward because yeah. we're hoping to be a little bit more independent with it. Yeah. Um, this, like, because Ross does a lot with the sound quality and, like, making sure everything flows, but 
I think just so that we can have control over it when we need to. Yeah. Um, we're looking to try and learn a bit more of that next season. So sorry if it's really shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially with Skype audio as well, it'll be a different ball game. But we'll figure it out. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of have two rounds of that. So we do the timestamping, give it to Ross. He sends back a rough cut. We listen back to the whole episode and say, yeah, this is kind of, this is good, this is bad, this is what we want to change. For the most part, we haven't done too much of that. Um, and then we chuck the jingle in, basically. Yep. Um, and we, sorry, we also film, film, record a an intro as well, which you guys definitely have heard along the way, but most of them were done. In batches. Yeah, about two months or three months after it was recorded, so... Yes, very lengthy process. Yep. Um, so from there, we get the audio file uploaded to... We've been using Anchor, mm-hmm. which is a podcasting platform that basically sends it out to all of the like Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening now. Um, and that kind of... That side of things has been really good to have done for us because like, if we, we were... Yeah, don't actually know what i do without that. I, I got that from a... Um, a podcast I listened to from America by a band, or like a record company called 8123. Um, they were talking about it, and I was just like, oh, hey, this looks kind of cool. The downside for that is that they do use ads, but you have to be based in America to do it. Mm. So in terms of us wanting to put sponsorship or like any segments in, they're good about it because you can choose what you want to advertise, like out of a list, and then you can record what you're saying about it. But... On the flip side of that is that yeah they don't do it internationally but i don't know if so if we did want to do sponsorship mm-hmm. we would have to do it all ourselves so like a company would have to reach out to us or we or vice versa yeah we would have to incorporate that in due to their standards and stuff yeah um but obviously part of content creating at this it point. is but yeah. like we're not at that stage yet which no. i'm pretty grateful for because it's just like another it would bit of work so much yeah so much time and you have to have a lot more capacity than we do especially as we're working mm. full time um so yeah if i guess that that's basically like we schedule on anchor and it comes out to everything and then lies does all of the instagram posts which takes a lot of work as well yeah it's just yeah it's not it's not too much work once i've got it set up it's just like doing the yeah doing the actual design and making sure everything fits and will Mm. look good on the grid and and I, I know this, it's not really something that people care about, but like it's something that we thought would be fun to yeah. have built into our brand. I had a few people tell me they like think it's really awesome. So, oh, thanks. It's good. Yeah. Um, and then Brand's been writing the blog posts for the website to ke- like kind of keep that up to date. So, if you didn't know, we do have a whole website with all of our stuff on it. Um, and all the show notes and things should be, at, uh, as, long, as, long, as well as the website, sorry. Um, are all hyperlinked, so it's easy for you to go find whatever you need to. Yep. Um, through all of those links. Yeah. Um, as we've mentioned many a time, we are an independent production. We're not making any money off of this. It has been quite a big investment for us, mm. um, especially with all the time and travel involved, buying a microphone, paying for a website, just the logistics of what we've done um, yeah. has been quite a big expense for us. But obviously we're here because we care about what we're doing. Um, But yeah, so if you did want to support us, there are a few ways you can do so. And we have talked a little bit about this throughout our intros, but obviously at the time of recording the episodes, we didn't really know what we were doing. (laughs) 
Um, and even now I'm still a little bit hazy on it because we haven't really set it up properly. Yeah. But for any queries, anything, head to our website, thepantryparty.org. Um, <laughs> we do have a Patreon set up, but like, I personally don't find Patreon very productive. Like, mm. it's a bit exclusive. So I don't know if that's really going to kick off, but we are setting up a Facebook group so that people can network and ideally that would be a paid entry to a Facebook group. Think of it as the after party. Yeah. Just so that we can have, I guess, a little bit more structure in terms of who's in it because we do want people in it who are serious about using yeah. it for their benefit. Um, we don't want everyone like I mean we can obviously if everyone wants to pay us for it, that's fine. You can access it. But just because it's targeted towards people that will use it as a networking opportunity and for resources and mm. that kind of thing, we just figured it'd be easier to make it a little bit more um, selective. So obviously it is open to everyone. Um, and if you can't afford the, however much we've ended up making it, if you can't afford it, message us and we'll be happy to like sort something out. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't want to make our work inaccessible, but at the same time, it would be really nice to get something back from it because we've invested quite a lot to yeah. make make this and be here. Um, yeah, so that's kind of our spiel. If you are a business or brand or whatever and want to sponsor us, Let us shoot know. us a message. Yeah. Um, if you do have any questions or feedback, we're always willing to hear it. We would love to hear any anything about what's to come um, we'd love to have a little bit more structure built into it based on what our audience is needing um, so yeah hit us up if you have any questions or queries or feedback something you'd like us to incorporate something that we've said and insulted people because I'm sure we have <laughs> um, yeah for sure but yeah we're only human so we'd love to any feedback is yeah good. hear any feedback on that note, I reckon we should wrap up with our final question. Yeah, let's let's sign off for season one. Thought about my answer to this. Ugh. I think because we've gone through and answered this question with everyone else. Yeah. It's impossible to do this independently. Yeah. So for those who don't remember, <laughs> um, in case you forgot, yeah, the final question for every episode is, "What does food mean to you?" I'm going to let you answer this first oh okay I just so I thought about it <laughs> I've been thinking about this basically the whole time because like obviously if we're answering yeah. asking people this question yeah. we need to answer it ourselves but I think it's not so much for me what food is but it's the impact that it's had on me mm. so like I've always loved food always loved cooking always loved experimenting always loved eating and until I started my degree, never really realized what we could do with food. Like, I mm. think we all, I mean, the way that we consume food as a concept mm. is very individualistic. It's very much like, what can food do for me? Mm. What, you know, how can I make food work? And what does that involve? Mm. But through my studies and through my further education after finishing that, like, it's pretty evident that, like, I mean, we always say that, like, everyone has, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion on food, but it's, it's so much more than just eating. Yeah. It's about forming connections and making memories, and for me, it's been a really powerful medium to communicate with people, and I guess mm. this just goes to show that that's 
something that's come out of that. You know, we, we've always wanted to, this to be about food and the impact that food has and how mm. it works in people's lives. But I guess it sort of turns it back around on itself in that it's like, it's what's brought this together. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, not only the actual concepts, but like the nutrition career as a whole has come out of a need for people to eat. And so I think food for me is just like, it's, yeah, it's everything. It's a really powerful tool for us to be using to, to help people, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, that's like sort of the main reason that I went into nutrition. I don't know if I've talked much about that, but I knew that I wanted to help people in some sort of capacity through my career and food just seemed like such a logical medium to do that through because everyone needs to eat like we say and I think it's a really usually a very easy way to connect with people yeah um and I think that's what food is to me it's it's an experience it's not I think Mel put it really well in saying that there's no sort of bigger compliment than people associating you with food and it's not that's not personally what I get out of it, but the the thing that I get out of it is when people get excited by food and like when I made something they're excited to eat it or we go to a party and there's really exciting food there. My housemate just walked in and saw that Liza had put together a cheese platter <laughs> and got really excited and that makes me really happy because it brings people together. Like yeah. it's it's so much more than yeah, like we say nutrients and you've heard that a hundred times on this podcast. And I think on the flip side, something that's really important to remember is that I like the, the thing that makes me want to improve relationship with food is talking to people who fear food and that other side of the experience and talking to people who think that food's going to harm them and do bad things to their health and that they don't focus on the good things of food that makes me really sad and it's something that I really want to help get rid of in the world <laughs> that's yeah. the dream is to know that food inherently is not bad food is good and comes with so much more good than bad and I think yeah. we need to address that more yeah um yeah food's an experience that's it my is answer. and it's it it's a medium to I guess yeah hold people up and to give them to empower them and to give them the space to do what they need to in order to mm. be successful and I think like especially within this career and this industry it's something that we really need to value more than oh this food has this nutritional value because like food has so much power in our community and it's such a support to so many people and more so to other people than than others yeah but i think we need to remember that food is associated with certain times of your life and it's it's something that carries so much more weight than what impact it'll have on your body yeah i think it's yeah very simplified and I think that's a shame and at the same time I wish we didn't even have to think about food as much as we do because it takes away from everything that it can actually contribute yeah it's a very personal thing Mm. but everyone has that experience like it's it's something that is very individualized very private and yeah personal but it unifies us in that it everyone eats everyone has an experience with food even people who don't eat food people Mm. who are you know, entry fed or whatever, but like everyone has to consume yeah. food or nutrients. <laughs> and so by having that in common, it's part of like what makes us 
human human and a productive society and i think this industry as a whole has a really unique power of having that yeah that we're you know that's we're what a very we privileged see. place yeah. to be able to use something that everyone has to be connected to not yeah. once but has to yeah exactly <laughs> so um yeah so thank you for joining us in season one um we are so glad that you've made it all the way through to the end <laughs> if you have um yeah yeah so i guess it's over. i know i'm actually really emotional yeah. <laughs> um, i think i did up a little bit a second ago <laughs> yeah just the power of food just like it's it's incredible the impact that it's had on our lives and of the lives of people we've talked to and if you're listening to this probably on yourself and i guess going forward over our little break yeah. is um something that you the listener can use to think about what food means to you what you want to utilize it for we'd love to hear what food means to you please yeah. send us an email or a dm or leave a comment on a random insta post make it an easter egg hunt that'd be fun um, yeah. for us to find what food means to you and I'd love to be able to like make a blog post or some sort of like video or something yeah something that'd be so yeah. cool <laughs> yeah it's formed this community so yeah yeah thanks for being here with us and we will see you in season two yeah bye, bye.